Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's Passionate and Prosperous. Before we dive into today's episode, I am going to remind you, you know I'm going to keep telling you about this till it happens. Passionate and Prosperous Live is happening. We are gathering together here in the heart of New York City in Greenwich Village on Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th. Oh, by the way, I'm always going to be telling you what year it is because I do have this total vision that people are going to be listening to Passionate and Prosperous for years to come. We're in 2022, everyone. So November 11th and 12th, 2022, let's get together. This is going to be a transformational business building event. And what I mean by that is this is going to be a real-time opportunity for you to come, get inspired, get even more clear on your mission and what you're here to do. I'm going to be teaching you sections of workshops. There's going to be brainstorming. There's going to be coaching. There's going to be interacting with others, being in a room with like-minded, heart-centered, passionate, and prosperous business owners. We're going to be doing work that is going to up-level you so that by the time you leave that room on Saturday at 7 p.m., you're literally going to feel like an energized and maybe even different person in a good way. We're going to be doing mindset work. I mean, basically, everything that I talk about and teach on the show, we're going to be coming together to just do it live. There's no better experience. If you start looking into this and you look around and you're confused. You're like, I don't know New York. I don't know where to stay. We've got you. I've got you. I've got people to help you. Reach out to us. We can help you and tell you what neighborhoods are good for you to stay in. I did a little poking around and research and there are some really great hotel deals right on that weekend. So no excuses. I want you to plan and come. You can sign up www.stacybrassrussell.com. There's a, a event link there and you'll be able to go and sign up. This is a live event and we are going to be offering this virtually. So either way, it's limited space. Go ahead, grab your ticket, and then we will help you get all the other details sorted out. And with that, let us move forward into what we're here to talk about today. We are going to talk about objections. Now, I know that if you're a coach or you're someone who does a discovery call or a consultation in your business, that you are very familiar with this term, objections. And there are even coaches and people that will tell you that they will teach you how to coach around objections or how to handle objections, what to do with objections. And I can talk to you about it too and teach you something too. Uh, But 
I'm hoping that after listening to today's episode, that you actually have even a different relationship with this concept, this whole idea of that people may have objections to working with you. Now, I think that objections is a really interesting topic or subject because I think that when people bring it up or talk about it or talk about how to not, you know, how to not have objections, um, or actually I should say they don't talk about how to not have them. They talk about how to deal with them or how to respond to them. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of assumption that anyone who may not be an immediate yes, for example, to working with you, um, that that is someone that you should be, you know, pushing or coming up with some way of getting them to say yes if they're not a yes. And I'm hoping that when we come out of this um, episode today, you actually have a little bit of a different relationship with objections that maybe you're not going to be as fearful of them. And I will talk about what causes fear of objections. And hopefully you're going to leave feeling more empowered, um, not only about how to handle objections, if that if that's a, something that you are concerned with, but also like understanding the psychology of objections, what might be going on in someone else's brain when they are using certain phrases that we don't want to hear, meaning like, oh, I can't afford it or that's too expensive. Um, those are the things you dread the most, right? Like, I know this. <laughs> I know that it's the number one thing that everyone's so afraid of is that, you know, they're going to finally get to be on a call with an ideal client and this call is going to go incredible. And this is a person who you're meant to work with. And then you get up to telling them how much it costs to work with you. And they're just going to say, oh, that's too expensive. And they're just going to end the call, walk away. It's a lot cause and it's over. And this is everyone's biggest fear, or at least many of you. And also the way that some of you approach that or try to uh, get around that is to lower your investments and to not actually charge what your program is worth or what the work is worth, right? So hopefully after today, you're going to have a, a, a little different relationship with objections, maybe a little less fear around it. And I'm hoping that you're going to feel more empowered for what to do when you're on a call and someone might not be an immediate yes. So I want to just start with a really, I love this story. It's like one of my stories that I love telling because, you know, when I started my my coaching business, of course, I I still have discovery calls. I have a, I had two today actually. Um, I've always offered discovery calls in my business. I know that there are some people out there who their whole their whole thing that they advertise is how to how you know you never have a sales call again. Don't you know eliminate the discovery calls? You know, as if like having discovery calls with people is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> um, which I love discovery calls because I see every discovery call as an opportunity for me to connect with a new person who I may be able to help and serve. And I view discovery calls as relationship building opportunities. And I know that so many of the people, if not every one of the people that ever works with me, invests in working with me one-on-one -on -one, in any of my group programs, in anything I do, that a number one reason why people invest in working with me as their coach is that they feel a connection, that they feel that I get them, that they feel a relationship. And I'm actually able to build that connection, not only on discovery calls, 
I do it in my free events, in the way that I do outreach, the way that I reach out to people. But obviously getting someone on a discovery call or a consultation, whatever you want to call it, a strategy call, a clarity call, that that opportunity is an incredible opportunity for you to be able to make a real connection and start building a relationship. And relationships and emotions are what yeses are built on, okay? What people saying yes to you, to work with you, it's built on relationships, emotion, and then, of course, them believing that what you have to offer them, your passionate offer, is substantial and will actually help them get where they want to go, or they believe that it will. They believe in the process, and they believe that you are a good person to um, to deliver it, right? So I love discovery calls. So whenever I see all of these, uh, you know, people promoting, like, you know, never have a discovery call again, like that doesn't like get me excited. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how they're going to, how they can do it. And here's what I know. I know that when some people get to a certain point of scaling in their business, um, they hire other people to do their discovery calls. That's called a sales team. Um, and you know, do I think that that, could work at, at at some point for my business? Maybe, but it would really have to be someone who's so deeply connected to like the work I do to me, to the Passion and Prosperous Academy, to the to everything I teach and say that I could trust that they could represent me. And at this time, I'm not, that's, I have no interest in that at all. So just so you know, Anyone who comes to work with me, whether it's one-on-one one on one, or inside the Passion and Prosperous Academy, which is going to be available for enrollment in October, um, you get to talk to me. I think that making an investment and in working with a coach is huge, and you should get to talk to the person that you're investing with. Okay, so anyway, I just wanted to, wanted to give my little pitch for discovery calls and tell you that I've been doing them since I started my business and I was given a script just like many of you when I first started, when I first graduated and my coaching program tried to like set us up for success and, you know, gave us a script for a discovery call, which I used the first couple of times because of course, like, how can I not? And then very quickly, I abandoned that script because I intuitively knew that a script could in no way replace the actual connection and some of the key things that need to happen on a discovery call in order for you to get a yes from someone. So what is an objection? An objection is anything other than a yes, right? That's what we categorize as an objection. So I'll tell you this, this, this story, which is, um, or, you know, when I first started being a business coach, uh, coaching coaches, and I had a lot of coaches reaching out to me and coming to me, which is how I ended up coaching so many coaches. Um, this one coach set up a, a, a call with me and we got on the call and she was so excited to have a discovery call and so excited to talk to me about working with me. She had watched my videos and come to some, some of my free stuff. And we got on the call and she literally said to me, I want you to help me to know how to coach around objections. This is like the number one thing that she told me she wanted. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you this. What if 
what I could help you with was delivering discovery calls that were so great that you didn't have objections. And that was like a mind-boggling concept for her, right? I literally was like, wouldn't it be more useful for me to help you to become better at delivering calls that convert to clients rather than teaching you how to coach around what you perceive or believe to be an inevitable objection? Why would we go into our calls assuming that we're going to hear objections? How could that be in alignment with the energy that we should be going into our calls with? If I'm going into my call already anticipating or expecting to hear something other than a yes, right? If I'm expecting it and I'm gearing up or preparing to coach around it or against it, how could that be a good energy, right? That's like telling the universe what you don't want instead of focusing on what you do want, which is like sort of like a coaching fundamental 101, right? Coaching 101, focus on what you do want instead of what you don't want. Human beings focus on what they don't want all the time. It's the way our brains are designed. Our brains compress around difficulty and what we don't want. And I even just, I'm just trying to think if the episode came out. Yes, an episode came out recently for me about your fear of seeming salesy is killing your biz, right? And in that one, I even talk about how you're so concerned with what you don't want to do, right? You don't want to seem salesy because of the way other people, you know, do things. You're so concerned with not doing it a certain way that you're not focusing on how you should do it or want to do it. And it's the same thing over here with going into your calls, revved up, anticipating objections, right? The thing you don't want and and focusing on it instead of paying attention to what you do want. So when we go into our discovery calls, first and foremost, we don't want to go into the call looking for or assuming or anticipating that it's going to end in an objection. And it's not a bad idea to know what to do if there is something other than a yes. And it's not always an objection, meaning it's not always someone objecting. I object. (laughs) I object to working with you, right? But sometimes it's simply the other person who is coming to talk to you about some sort of support, whether it's coaching support or to learn something, to be mentored, to have you collaborate with them, to help them get some sort of outcome or success for themselves, right? That that whenever anyone comes to us for that kind of work, that is personal work, Any work that we do where we're collaborating and helping someone to have more success or to change their behavior or to do something differently or to learn how to do something better than they're already doing it, that is vulnerable work. And it is not uncommon for someone's human brain to question whether or not they can pull it off or whether or not they can even do it. So it's really important that you, as the expert, Know that when you're talking with someone about working with them, about them making an investment in themselves to get your expertise and to get your amazing process 
and your support and your accountability, all the things that you offer, it's very important to remember that when someone is considering making that investment, that there's a lot of stuff that may come up for them around whether or not they're going to be able to do their side of it, to pull the weight, to get the results, to actually be able to implement, to do. So there are so many things that come up when people are making a decision about whether or not they're going to invest besides the money. And yet they often use the money as a blanket statement to get out of having to face their real fear of what's going on, which is what I just said. Maybe I can't do it. Maybe I won't be able to get the results. Maybe this is going to, how do I trust this? Whatever that is. And very often they use the, I can't afford it as a blanket statement. And what we're going to talk about in a little, a little bit later in this episode is all the different things that I can't afford it can possibly mean. But where we are right now is talking about this idea that going into our calls, expecting, anticipating, and gearing up for objections is going into your calls with an energy that is very possibly going to sabotage the call and actually confirm that the objection, make it happen, literally. So when we go into our calls, we must practice going into our conversations, our calls about working with people, whatever you want to call it, your discovery, your sales call, whatever. You have to go into those calls actually believing that the person is going to say yes and going into the call believing that that person is capable of saying yes, that this person is a competent, whole, complete person capable of making empowered decisions for themselves about what they would like. Now, if at some point in the conversation, they present something different, then you have an opportunity to look at that, to respond to that, to coach on that. But we don't go into our conversations already assuming that this person is not going to be capable of making an incredibly empowered choice for themselves, which is to get the support, help, accountability, teaching, learning, coaching that they not only need, but also desire that what they want. So I do want to just say, and we're not going to go deep into this, this should really help you to understand why Having a niche is so important. You're going to be like, Stacey, quit it with the fucking niche. I hate when you, but listen, I know you, I know that you might hate it, <laughs> but here's, here is um, uh, proof number 9,000 million of why having a niche helps you. Because if you're on a discovery call with someone or a call consultation with someone who doesn't really need what you do, who's not really in a high level of desire for outcomes, who isn't really excited and raring to go to make change or to to get what they need, then there's a really good chance that they're not going to say yes. When you get on calls with people who know 
that they are ready to do work, when they're voluntarily there because you provide something that is going to be a solution to a problem that they're having. And that problem doesn't have to be like only like a, a terrible problem. It could also be that they need the support to up level or the support that they know that in order to grow more or expand more, that they need and want support. There are people out there that know that too. But either way, anyone getting on a call with you, your job is not to convince them that they need the support. They should already want and know that they need the support. And your job is to help them to decide if it feels like you're the person for them or the program or the offer or whatever you want to call it. So let's make sure that we also know that our discovery calls or our consultations are not convincing calls. These are not calls where your job is to convince someone to do something that they didn't want to do or that they, or, you know, they might not know what the solution is. And when you present it to them, they might decide that that doesn't feel like the right solution to them, but they should still be looking for a solution. Your job is not to convince someone to solve their own problem. Your job is to give someone a way of solving the problem that they're looking to solve. So if you keep that in mind, that should, first of all, also help you to vet your calls so that you're not actually even getting on discovery calls with people who are not actually interested in finding a solution to their problem. And then we can begin to look at what the possible objections might be with someone who is actually looking to solve their problem, right? And so then when you get on a call with them, if they have reasons for not wanting it to be you, whether that's not thinking that your offer sounds like a good fit or whether it's that they don't like the container of it, you know, the way it's being delivered or that they, that they don't like the investment. But we can find all of those things out on our calls but the first most important thing is that the person is on the call because they're actually looking for something. And that's a really important thing for you to think about. Because when you are just offering your free call to everyone and their mother, and you're like, you're, you're, you just want to call with anyone, anyone, and you offer it to anyone, and you have no niche, and you're generic, and you're like, who wants this? then you are going to have the experience of thinking, and this is going to cause a, a limiting belief for you, that whenever you get on discovery calls, people don't want to work with you. Guess what? There's only two reasons that that would happen. If the person on the discovery call is not in your niche and is not actually looking for the kind of help you, you, you provide, or if there's something about your offer and or your investment that's not in alignment for that person. Those are the only two reasons that you would get objections on a call if you're getting on calls with people that actually are in your niche and actually are looking to solve the problem that you help people solve with your passionate offer slash transformational system, framework, signature, program, whatever you want to call it. Let's talk about objections in general. And when we get objections, even when we're not on discovery calls. Because here's the thing, we get objections all the time. And you may not be seeing them as objections, 
right? <laughs> it's kind of like objection, rejection, right? It's sort of like the objections and the rejections. And we had a recent episode on, 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 on people unsubscribing from your, you know, from your, your uh, newsletter or from your, from your mailing list and people unfollowing you on social media. Guess what? That's an objection. It's a rejection. It's an objection. It's someone literally letting you know that they're not interested, right? So what's an objection? It begins with someone letting you know that, that they're not interested. So when, when we get that objection, the objection of I'm not interested, we should be happy about that. We should be happy that that's another person that was eliminated from muddying up our pool of people that we're trying to connect with and trying to build relationships with and get on calls with because we don't want the people that are, are, are not for us and that we're not for them. And if we care about those people or we push on those people, people that don't want what we're offering, whether it's on a discovery call or on any other thing, you know, like on a, on, on a messaging platform, talking to somebody, whatever. If we try to coach around the objection of someone literally saying, I'm not interested then what we're actually doing is not respecting somebody else's space. We're not respecting their space at all. And this happened to me recently where someone wrote me a message, a real bro, like a bro marketer. You know what I mean by that, right? Like that that whole like kind of like guy masculine energy selling. It's like super old fashioned. It's super like patriarchal. And this guy, like, you know, I think I might've even said it on the, on the show. Um, he, he like went on my Instagram. He liked a whole bunch of my posts, made a couple of generic comments, right? That was him doing like, Oh, I'm going to do my work. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to show her that I saw her stuff and I did my engagement. I mean, this is such fucking bullshit, right? Then he goes over to my DM and he writes me a message and it says, Hey, I love your, love your content. Uh, by the way, um, are, are you ready for X, Y, and Z? It makes a pitch, like makes a total pitch, right? Doesn't even, I don't even, he doesn't say like, Hey, I've started following you. I really like your content and wait for a response. No, it's hi, I'm going to vomit my offer on you. Right? So he vomits his offer on me and I wrote back thanks, I'm not interested. And he came back at me. What do you mean? You're not interested in increasing your revenue 10 times? And I wrote, no, I'm not. And then he wrote another message. And I was, and you know, like you could, some days I ignore this shit. And other days, if you catch me on whatever mood, I'm going to keep coming back. And I was like, what makes you think I need your help? And then he wrote another thing. And I said, I basically said, I really think that you should look at my answer, which was that I said no. And what you're doing is inappropriate. And, you know, it's really interesting because he might have been thinking that he was doing some good job of like coaching around my objection or, you know, trying to like trying to, you know, help me overcome something. But you know what? He it, it actually crossed the line. It was not coaching around an objection. A flat out no is not an objection. <laughs> it, it, it Or at least it's the kind of objection that you don't coach around. It's an answer. It's a definitive answer. It's a it's a it's an absolute sentence. And there's no need to try to coach around it. 
And when you do, you're actually verging on abusing someone, abusing someone's space, right? So anyway, so there are some objections, unfollows, unsubscribes, no thank you, I'm not interested, right? You don't need to coach around that. You should not be on discovery calls with anyone who would say that, right? You shouldn't even want to be on a discovery call with anyone who, 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 who might say that. You only want to be on a discovery call with someone who, who might have an objection that's based on their own fear or a mindset thing or an objection around the way that you do the work, the what you tell them is the offer or the money or whatever. But they should not already be in total objection to even wanting the kind of service that you provide. So anyone that doesn't want the service you provide, fuck them. Like, don't don't try to coach around it. Don't try to push. Don't try to, like, convince them. That, why? There are so many other people out there who do want what you're offering, who need it. And a perfect example of what I was saying before about your niche is this fucking guy, right? Where I was like, I'm not even in your niche market. Like, like I'm not, like, I, I'm not your niche. I'm not your ideal client. Move along so that you are talking to people that actually want to be talking to you. All right. Okay. So let's talk about what happens when you get on the call. So you're on the call. What we've talked about now is you're not interested in having calls with people that, that are not even interested in, in, in what you're doing. Right. So we move on from that. And now we've, we've got, we've got the call. So coaching around or handling objections is a really big topic or a really big um, kind of, it's a really juicy, um, yeah, topic. I don't know. It's a juicy um, skill, okay? Because in order to have the skill of coaching around or handling objections, you actually need to be able to stay inside of your zone of genius or your coach brain, whatever works for you, in order to make sure that when you're on your calls, in the event that someone does say any one of the things that you may perceive as an objection, that you are able to create and maintain a safe, healthy environment for that other person to make an empowered decision for themselves. If someone says something other than yes immediately when you are on a call discussing working together, your job is not to convince them otherwise. Your job is to hold a safe space for them and to maybe provide a way to help them to get to a different answer if that is what they would like. In which case, you would ask them that. And we're going to talk about that. So there's a really tricky thing here. It's a mindset thing. That when you go into your calls, if your agenda is just to get a client, if your agenda is to get a client and that's all you care about, and you're like, I'm going to close this deal. I'm going to seal the deal. I'm signing this person, right? And that's why you want to coach the objection that you just want to get them to say yes. That's a huge problem. You're stopping being 
the expert, the one who provides transformation, the one who holds space for people, the one who's, who's, who's there in service, you immediately end that and you go into a self-serving uh, human brain mode where all you want is a client and money. And you've lost sight of wanting what's best for the person that you are talking to. And when you go into any call or conversation about working with you in any way, any offer, anytime anyone's going to possibly take out money and give it to you, you have to go into those conversations with the, with the, I, the, the agenda or the idea that all you want as an outcome is whatever's best for this person. And what's best for them may be your program. It may be your offer. It may be working with you, right? Or you may find out, especially if they have hesitation or objection, that it's actually not what's best for them. And you can't always know that until you're on the call. And, you know, I have to say that I hear stories all the time about people signing up for programs of all different price points, low to high, really high, like five-figure investments where they didn't have that opportunity to be on a conversation, on a call with somebody, and they didn't end up getting what was best for them because not every offer or program or system is right for everyone. I actually had a discovery call today and and she may be listening because I know she listens to the show. I had a discovery call today with someone who on our call, it was a call to work with me as a coach one-on-one. That's what the discovery call is for. And on that call, my whole being knew that where she was right now, what she, what was going on for her with like her confusion about whether or not she even wanted to like, like, really invest in figuring out how to get our coaching business off the ground that I even, I was the one who said, I don't think that like, this is a time that you have to think about like investing right now in working with me one-on-one. I actually think the Passion and Prosperous Academy is going to be better for you. I literally told someone, don't pay me the investment to work one-on-one right now. Let's just wait and you can join the Passion and Prosperous Academy because I actually think it's going to be better for you there for where you are right now in your business, right? So the idea is we go into our calls and our and our number one mission is to help this person to make an empowered decision around what would be best for them. And I know it can feel painful if you're if you don't have a lot of clients right? Or, you know, or, or you, or you're in a, even if you have a lot of clients, but you're like, God, I just would like to generate some more revenue right now. I've got a big bill coming up or, you know, like I, I just had a gigantic tax bill and immediately my brain was like, okay, I'd like to find, you know, uh, a new client. Right. Um, but that doesn't override that. I still have to go into my calls with the other person's best interest at, at heart. Right. So how do we go into our calls if we're not going into them gearing up for objections? Well, number one, we have to go into our calls, like I just said, knowing that our ultimate goal is to help this person make the best choice for them, 
what is going to be best for them. We also have to go into our calls in service. That's kind of the same thing, right? But I always say in service. The call is going to be valuable. And even when you make your offer, even when you tell the person, here's what's available to you, here's how much it costs, right? Here's how it works. You're doing that in service because you're making the offer to them because you have determined based on this conversation that this is right for them, that you think that this offer is actually right for them. And you also have to go into the call listening. You have to go into the call with your biggest ears, with your ears totally unclogged, right? You have to go into the call with Dumbo ears, right? Dumbo the elephant ears. And you have to go into the call completely prepared to get on the other person's map, meaning you want them to feel like you are completely with them, getting them repeating back in the same way that they talk. So this is this is what you go into your call. You don't go into your call thinking, how am I going to handle the objection? You go into the call thinking, how can I serve this person at the highest level? You know, how can I be present and listen so that I know if this is the right offer for them? And if I genuinely believe that like what I can offer is going to help solve the problem or help get them where they want to go, whatever, right? So then we get to think about before we ever even have a discovery call, not just with this, with an individual, but in general, how can we go into our calls where built into the call is our way of pre-planning for objections? And what do I mean by that? Well, One of the most common mistakes that people make on their calls is they just go through the whole call, whatever your call is. I don't know if you use a script. I don't know if you, I have a structure. I have a format. I teach it. Um, Actually, if you go to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com, right there on the homepage, you can get this training for free. It's called Getting to the Yes. (laughs) And it's actually a free training that I'm offering that you can just download right from my website which is how to have discovery calls that convert. So you can always go do that. I'm actually going to pause for you to do that. It's www.stacybrassrussell.com. That's just my website. Right there on the homepage, you can get a free training, getting to the yes, all right? But what that training is about is it's a structured, it's a structure for your calls so that you're not using a script so that you can be 1,000 million percent present but it does give you structure so that you can be pre-gaming or avoiding objections as you go through the call. And what that means is when you get, if you don't use my method, by the time you get to the end of a call where you have made an offer to somebody, if you've just been like talking, 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 make your offer, And then you get any number of objections, right? What are some of the objections that we get at the end of calls? Oh, I can't afford it. Oh, that sounds wonderful, but it's a little more than what I 
was planning or what I was expecting or I don't know this that that doesn't sound like you know I I can't invest that much time right now that sounds too long or that feels like it's going to be way too much of a commitment and I don't know if I can make that now is not a good time when I really need to do this is like when my kids are grown and 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 married um you know or can I think about it these are anything people would say other than oh my god yes right um, the, that's what we're going to call objections. So you get to the end of the call, you've got like all of these things that people are saying, but here's the thing. If you wait till the end of the call for them to tell you those things, you don't know what, what part of what you, what you talk, told them or what you talked about with them on the call, where the objection arose. And I can't afford it is just one big, fat, blanket, generic statement for a million other things. I can't afford it does not literally mean I don't have that amount of dollars in my bank account. It could, in which case you don't want to work with that person anyway. You want to be a good person and you don't want to make someone feel that they should put themselves in jeopardy or danger by draining their bank account to work with you, okay? That's first of all. But very often, if someone's on the call, they took the call, unless they thought you you work for free, they're on a call to discuss working with you. We have to assume that they know that working with you costs money. So I can't afford it can mean so many things. It can literally mean they literally can't afford that dollar amount, but it can also mean that's not where I want to invest my money right now. That's more than I wanted to spend on this problem that I have. Or um, I am just not willing to do that at this time. Like this just doesn't feel important to me anymore. Or after hearing about this, um, it just doesn't feel like a right fit. Or um, I don't really want to take money out of my savings account for this. Like I can't afford it is a very, very, very easy generic thing for people to say when they don't want to get into other details about why they're not interested. Now, could it also be that it's a limiting belief or a money mindset thing? Yes, it can. If someone says now is not a good time, my kids are, are, have lots of activities and I have a really busy, you know, uh, PTA schedule. So now is not a good time for me to get my health in order or to like find a way to live my best life or to be happy. You know, um, that may be their human brain objecting to them taking on this scary, risky, whatever you want to call it, um, endeavor to transform themselves. Transformation is fucking uncomfortable, you guys. Change is what our brains resist the most. So when you're talking to someone about transformation, when you're talking to someone about making change, even just changing their habits or a lifestyle, I mean, I have one of my best friends. I mean, one of my best friends. And if she's listening, she'll know who she is. One of my very best friends 
for all of these years, refuses to go to my brilliant functional nutrition specialist. She's a root cause specialist who I consult and am working with all the time. I invest in my health by having that person on my team all the time, even though I don't have any major health issues. Um, my best, one of my best friends will not even entertain talking to her. And my friend does have something that would really benefit from having a root cause specialist try to get to the bottom of like some autoimmune stuff or whatever. Guess why she won't talk to her? Because she knows that she's going to tell her, because I've told her that she's going to have to try to be gluten-free. And my friend is more willing to live with her condition than not eat bread. So what I'm here to tell you is that people don't like to make change. (laughs) And so when you get someone on a discovery call, clearly, hopefully they were like, fucking, I got to make a change, right? So hopefully that's why they're on the call. But when it comes time to really make that big decision about making an investment, put your money where your mouth is, put the, 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 you know, the investment down for this and commit, what comes up? Human brain. The human brain is there to be like, oh, really? You want to do that? But but then you're not going to be able to do all the fucked up shit that you do. You're not going to be able to eat whatever you want. You're not going to be able to have this really bad sleep schedule. You're not going to be able to uh, procrastinate. You're not going to be able to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. You're not going to be able to just keep telling everyone how stuck you are. You're not going to be able to be miserable. You're not going to be able to like, listen, people like all those things. There's something really tangible about the things that suck and are not working. And the idea of not having those things and having freedom or having great health or having abundance or having money or having, you know, perfect health or all the things that we say we want, a whole other set of fears comes up. You can listen to the episode on on the sneaky hidden fears. One of them is success. And success is not just money or career success. Success is getting the outcomes that you want. Imagine somebody getting the health outcomes they want. What a burden that is. Now you're energized and you're healthy. Now you have to go make the most of it. <laughs> you have to go hike a mountain, which I will never do because I'm. you're never going to find me hiking. Um, so uh, I want you to understand that when people get to this point of objection, possible objection, There's so many possibilities about what the objection is, right? And it's not always just about literally the dollars, like dollar for dollar. Oh, I don't have that amount of money in the bank. So what do you do about this, right? What do you do about this? Well, first of all, you need to be able to deliver your conversation in a way where you are, as I said earlier, pre-gaming the objections. And what I mean by that is, what are the kinds of things that people could object to besides the money? They could object to your transformational system. They could actually hear you say what, how you're going to help them and what you believe or what you're, you know, like how you work. And they could think that that's not, doesn't sound good to them. They could object to the container, meaning 
you tell them it's this many months, this many sessions, this much, you know, like this is how it works. This is how much communication you get from me. This is how many features and benefits we call it logistics. They could object to the logistics. And then, of course, they could object to the price, the investment. So if you don't find out before you get to the investment, if there are any objections about the other stuff, like whether or not this person thinks that you get them and get their problem, if you haven't confirmed during your call that that they feel that you get them, that you hear them, that you understand them, that could result in an objection at the end. And they're not necessarily going to tell you. They're not going to get to the end of the call. You make your whole offer, whatever. And then they're going to go, you know what? I just didn't really feel like you get me. So no, they're just going to say, I can't afford it. Or I have to think about it. Or can I talk to my partner? Listen, when people say, can I talk to my spouse, partner, significant other? I, I do, I never think anything bad about that. I know a lot of you get really scared that when people go off and talk to their partner, the partner is going to talk them out of it or not see the value. That could happen. It could happen. Definitely. But I also think that like, it's a very, very sketchy, tricky, weird thing to try to convince someone to say that they're going to make an investment if they have a dynamic in their relationship where they do talk to their partner about things. I think to try to push someone to say yes when that's the dynamic and try to shame them or make them feel like that's not empowered or they're not like, you know, or that they they should be a more independent, you know, woman or whatever. That's bullshit. Please don't ever do that. Someone's done it to me. And I was just like, you know, oh my God. And I don't need my husband's permission to do anything or invest in anything. But in my relationship, do I want to like let him know or run it by him or ask him if he thinks that it sounds like a good, you know, idea? Hell yes, I do. That's why I'm married to him. So you may get that at the end of a call, right? But now we're going to talk about what to do about these things. If you confirmed on the call that this person feels gotten. So that's something that you have to do during the call. Are you feeling like I understand you? Are you feeling like I understand what you want, what you need, what your problem is? You need to hear that person confirm that and say yes to you. Great. That's objection number one, checked off. Right? Then when you say, would you like to talk about or hear about how I can help you? Like how how I, the work I do can, can help you, support you, what we do. And they say, yes. And then you share your transformational process, your passionate offer. You let them know that you're an expert, that you actually have a method, that there's a system that you use to help your clients get outcomes. And you share that with them and say, does that sound good? Does that sound like something that you would want to do? Does that sound like work that you'd be interested in? You need to hear right then and there if it's a yes or a no. You need to hear that objection if they say, I don't know, actually. That doesn't sound like what I really want to be doing right now. You need to know that. That's an objection. And it may be that that person is not an ideal client if they don't actually think that the way that you do your work sounds good to them. You then need to, if you get the yes from that, then you need to say, great. So let's talk about the logistics of how it works. And you're not talking about the money yet. 
Now you're talking about the container. These are just the details. We work together for three months, six months, one year. Uh, it's 12 sessions. It's a thousand sessions. It's one session. The sessions are five minutes. They're an hour. They're three hours. Um, you can talk to me every single day. You can email me night and day. We can be on a walkie talkie. We can use Voxer. You can text me. You can email me. You can have uh, all of those details. Those are just details. They're logistics. They're just the, the fine print, the details. But you need a yes from that. Does that sound good? Are you willing to do that? That's where you might get the, oh my God, I don't know if I can actually fit that into my schedule. Or that sounds longer than I was hoping. I was hoping I could get results sooner. But then you get to talk about that as you go. So those are not, they're, 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 they're quote unquote objections, maybe, but they're not. They're discussions. They're things that someone has a right to tell you that they either have a question with or that doesn't feel in alignment for them or they genuinely don't know if they can fit that in. And then you have an opportunity to decide in that moment if you want to say, well, then great, let's talk about what would work for you. Or if they said, I don't know if your approach or your system works for me, you get to say, great, can we talk about that? What part didn't sound right for you? So this is not objection and then being like, oh, oh no, I have to convince them. I have to fight them on it. This is opportunities for you to build relationship, for you to have more conversation, for you to, to find out more, for you to listen, for you to be curious, for you to see if you want to adjust anything for this person, if you're still genuinely feeling like they're the right person to work with and that you're the right person for them, right? And then finally, here's the investment. And when you say the price and you hear, I can't afford that, or I need to talk to my partner, or I have to think about it, or I thought it was going to be less, or, oh, that's more than I thought it was going to be. Here's the good news. If you made it that far and you already know that the objections are not about working with you, your system, whether or not they feel that you got them, not liking the container. Now you know that all this is about is about their either really their fear of spending the money or their fear of whether or not they can actually do it. Because when it comes down to actually paying the money, that's when that fear is going to come up. I don't know if I can do this. But here's the beauty. You're not here to convince them. You're here to keep talking to them. If you're a coach, this is your golden coaching moment. This is your opportunity to say to someone, okay, would you like to be coached on this? I hear you that the investment is more than what you were hoping or what you feel you can afford. Would you like to be coached around this? Is there some way that I can support you? Would you like to talk about a payment plan? Um, can you tell me how far apart we are? What did you come into this call thinking that you were willing to invest in yourself, right? Someone says, I need to talk to my partner, my husband, my spouse, my wife, my, my significant other, my whatever, my lover. You get to say, okay, how can I support you around that? Would you like to have a practice conversation? Would you like me to help you get really clear on what you'd like to tell them about why you want to work together? Right? This is coaching. This isn't going, oh my God, they have an objection. Now I either have to like 
how I have to shame them or push them and say, what do you mean? So what you're telling me is you don't want to make this empowered decision to invest in yourself. I mean, I hate that tactic. I know people do it. Fuck that. You have to find what works for you, right? When someone, when someone gives me anything, my thing is, how can I support you? How can I coach you? Would you like support around that? Would you like to keep talking? Is this coming from a fear? Is this coming from your brain saying that you're not going to be able to do this? Let's talk about it. Let's coach around it. How can I help you to believe in yourself? What would help you to make this decision and feel amazing about it? How can we get a green light for you? Your job on the discovery call is not to make money. Your job on the the discovery call is to help another person make an empowered decision to invest in themselves so that you guys can get to work together and you can deliver your amazing work and do the work that you love and make money while you're doing it. While helping someone else get transformation, success, outcomes, right? So up until the very end of that call, it's not objection isn't force someone, convince them, you know, try to get them to change their mind, you know, like just by 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 making them feel ashamed or guilty or, or by putting them on the spot or saying, well, this is only going to be available to you until five o'clock today. So you better let me know. Or, well, there's a limit on this. I'm only offering this like for five minutes or, you know, all of those tactics, those are sleazeball tactics. Okay. Limiters have a place just so you know, because I don't want to say that I never use a limiter, like make your decision in the next 24 hours and get these bonuses or something on my group things. But on one-on-one at a significant investment, I don't do that. I don't say, well, if you just say yes right now, I'm going to, you know, if, if you don't say yes now, I'm going to take away some of these, these things I told you you could have. You are there till the very end, being the expert, being the coach, being the genius, being the helper, being the, 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 the one who helps the server till the very end. And that requires you to do a lot of work on yourself and a lot of work on your skills so that you're not afraid of being in a conversation with someone who needs support to say yes or who needs to talk it out or needs to talk it through. And you don't have to replace their significant other, their confidant, their best friend, their partner. We're not trying to get them not to talk to that person. But sometimes the reason they want to go do that is because they do need to talk it out. So what better person to talk it out with than the person who may actually become their coach, mentor, teacher, or provider? So why not make that offer? Hey, would you like to talk about it with me? How can I support you? What's coming up for you? Tell me what, tell me what is your hesitation. Tell me what your brain is saying might not be the best thing. Tell me where we're getting a yellow instead of a green light. You've got to know how to do that. It's your freaking job. Holding space and creating that environment for people that are talking to you about working with you is an important skill. It's your job. It's part of it. So when it comes to coaching around objections, this is not a sleazy sales or marketing like the, you know strategy. This is learning how to continue to show up as the expert with your genius brain for this other person as you help them to make an empowered decision for themselves. And if you let someone, if you, if you, if it feels in alignment to end the call without a yes or without a definitive, 
you're going to survive. You're going to live. You've got to have some resilience and you've got to be able to put the shared best outcome and highest vision for both of you at the forefront. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard because it's very hard not to just think about yourself and your needs and you making money. You have to make money. I get it. It's a tricky, it's a tricky territory. But it comes with the territory. (laughs) It comes with what you do. And so you have work to do, not just to learn how to coach around objections, but to learn how to deliver the right powerful conversation, how to guide the call in a way where you're serving both of you. So you're serving yourself by, by by knowing where the objections might come up and dealing with them as you go so that you don't get to the end of the call and just get this like one big, I can't afford it, or I have to think about it, or I don't know, and not know what they don't know about or not know what they might not be feeling. And you have to be able to keep showing up for someone in this circumstance so that they can feel loved and supported by you till the very end, loved and supported, yeah, loved by you till the very end, whether they say yes or not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to try to attain. I'm not saying that it's easy. It, it, it takes be, it takes walking the walk, right? Walking the walk means that you do your work on yourself, that, that this is inner work that has to be done, right? This is inner work that has to be done for you. You, 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 this is your job. So you have to do the work. And you have to be able to show up for someone else. And that's how you coach around objections. <laughs> that's what I want to tell you today. I hope that this has given you a whole new perspective on how to show up, on how to not go into your conversations focused on the fear of someone not working with you or the fear of someone saying no or the fear of someone not being able to afford it. This begins all the way back with niche and making sure that you're getting on calls with the right people. And then from there, step by step by step by step by step. So like I said, um, you can get that free training from my website, Getting to the Yes. It's right on the homepage. If you want it, go get it. StacyRassRussell.com. Um, go ahead and also while you're there, sign up for Passionate and Prosperous Live in November with me. Join me. This is all the kind of shit we're going to do, right? So um, join me there. And if you have any questions ever about anything, reach out to me. And don't forget, I love taking requests. If there's something that you want me to record an episode about that I can help you, that I can talk about something that comes up for you, a burning something, shoot me a message. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram. You can reach me by email, Stacy at StacyBrassRussell.com. You can reach me through my website, wherever the fuck you want. Like I'm available. I'm here. I want to hear from you. I get no greater joy than knowing that I created an episode super specific for something that I know that someone needs. And with that, I am going to sign off. I will be with you next week in your headphones. I am sending you all the love and all the high vibes and saying bye. Bye. Thank you 
so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. <laughs>